Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, good leaders in good times we had plenty of, and then when the times turned bad, everything fell apart. So that doesn't make a good leader just to be able to function in good times. Well, and we've retitled our podcast Upside Down Leadership During Bad Times That's because right. we sort of tried to flip some of the things that we look at that make good leaders and kind of flip them on their head. And so we need to, we need to take a serious look at this stuff because everybody's just hunkering down and hiding, kind of sitting on their wallets and sticking their heads in the sand and arbitrarily firing 30% of their staff to keep expenses down. And nobody's thinking about what got us in that mess. So this series, we're having some fun suggesting alternatives for being an effective leader in bad times. And yes, a lot of it's upside down. And we're going to have a lot of fun today looking at accountability. That's right. And we've titled this reporting to your team. Yes. Now, if that doesn't strike fear into the heart of all of you, I don't know what will. But actually, we're very excited about you know turning accountability upside down. My main reason for suggesting it is when you report up the organizational chart, as is traditional and makes sense for many reasons, one aspect it does not make sense is everybody, instead of looking forward and what needs to be done and gets done, is looking backwards over their shoulder. All the managers is looking over their shoulder up the organizational chart at who's watching them and how they're being evaluated and judged. So they are not making decisions based on what the team needs and what's going on out on the field and what the future might hold and what developments need to take place, they're looking backwards over their shoulder at how they might be blamed or what might go wrong or what's going to make their supervisor look good or bad. And that almost universally results in lousy decisions. So this downward accountability, tell us a little bit more about it. Well, downward accountability is saying that Instead of being accountable to those above me on the organizational chart, I'm going to be accountable to those below me because those are the people with whom my leadership I'm trying to serve. And they're trying to get stuff done. They're trying to make things happen, whatever their level of responsibility is. And so that's where I want my attention. And to the degree, and here's my accountability, to the degree that they're successful is to the degree that I'm a successful leader. So I'm accountable to their, measured by their success. Downward accountability. Do they have what they need in terms of planning and resources and standards? And what are they working on? If they don't, then you can measure my leadership. They can't get it done. They don't have what they need. They're, it's not that they're the failure, it's that I'm the failure. And again, we don't want to make failure the bad thing. We want to make it the learning opportunity. So by looking downward, it's a more constructive, effective way to measure my effectiveness, hold me accountable and to look upward on people who are trying to come up with, oh, you know, metrics in a boardroom on the other side of the country for measuring whether or not we're working or not. Well, Carl, <laughs> I can hear just sort of the leaders, because I've been in rooms where this is sort of the attitude towards the people they work with. Well, they're lazy. They don't want to do the work. They don't do a good job. I have to constantly keep an eye on them. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing gets done if I don't. If you have those kinds of people on your teams... If it's very true that you have a bunch of morons who do not work working for you, it's your fault for having them there. That's right. Why are they there? You know, why do you keep them? Many leaders keep them because they're afraid of their HR departments, actually. They can't say no to an HR person who says you're six months of 
you know, in an at-will employment state, there's six months of things you have to go through three times over before you can let anyone go. I would just fire everybody all at once. That's not a practical solution either. But to make your point, it's your choice to keep an incompetent person on the team. So you have created a situation where you feel like you have to, you know, manufacture a police state to keep everybody working. So again, we're getting back to the concept, the frame of reference of a workplace culture. And is it one where everybody's on the same side, deeply respectful of everyone's professional abilities and contributions and trying to organize things in such a way to show up fully? Or is it this kind of fear-based adversarial thing that, you know, where you go out and try and get whoever will show up for the least amount of money possible to, you know, and give you no um, lip. But the reality is that we usually have pretty good people working for us. Most people still have a work ethic. It's just that we have not really tapped into what makes them what we call come alive at work. They're usually bored. They're usually overwhelmed. They usually are stressed. It's not a matter of or they usually have limited resources or they're doing the job in, in this day and age of two people or. Um, yeah, we just default to the leadership patterns of traditional business. So we're not looking at these things. We're just trying to get more out of less. All we're suggesting is in bad times, you need to take a step back. In good times, you need to step back, take a step back and things could get better. In bad times, when things do not work, you do not have the luxury of just pushing harder or doing more with less. You've got to take a step back and look at things radically differently. And that kind of creativity does not come from working in isolation. You need to look in the mirror. It does not come from you know treating your employees like adversaries. And so these vantage points that we're suggesting in these series are to enable you to take a different tack, take a different, to stand from a different point of reference. And so the point of reference of reporting to your team, measuring your success by their success, is not to say that they get to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down on what you're doing, but is it's a very, it can be, it is a very useful metric for thinking critically about what you're doing by measuring how successful your team is and for looking for how you can improve on the areas where things are not working well in their work. And so by reversing the accountability and how you um, stay on the top of your professional game as a leader is, um, you know, it's profoundly helpful. And the fears of being judged or being incompetent are, are completely overrated, overrated and are really just kind of poking at your insecurities. When you, at some point, you have to let that go. You can't control what people think about you. Exactly. Exactly. That's I mean, why we suggest not, the start with the look in the mirror. You can identify something as arising out of insecurity. That might not be a, a exciting thing to discover about yourself, but ooh, how powerful to have discovered it. Because then you can say, oh, that's fun, coming out of insecurity. Okay, I'm not, and you can make a choice. I'm not going to give that power. I'm going to stay in conversation with this employee. They're not really attacking me. They're just upset. And so, again, we're not this, it's not this judging, blaming thing. It's this more information, more facts out on the table, the more I can do with it. Well, that sounds, it sounds reasonable, but I think it's just hard for us to change our framework, particularly when even as perhaps if you're in a middle management position, even if you want to relate that way with your team, you have someone screaming at you or someone, you know, top down kind of making your life. Exactly. Well, that's why we enjoy what we do so much. And 
to plug our own coming alongside people. I mean, that's when it can be very useful to have an outside person there giving you feedback on what you're doing. It's not a supervisor. It's not a someone with power. It's not someone with something else at stake. It's someone just helping you get better at what you're doing. And to be able to hold that mirror up to you in a safe, non-threatening, actually constructive manner gives you a hundred more options than you ever knew existed when you know you're presenting reality as no matter what you do, you're about to be screamed at. Well, and if I mean you can't do much about your relationship with your boss in that kind of power struggle if they don't want to change, but you can do something about the people that work for you. And if it's fifty percent less stress, isn't even it's worth it, I think. It's all worth it. That's what we gotta do something. Gotta take control. Otherwise you just where people start giving up. Well you die. You slowly die you slowly at work. Slowly die. That is our phrase, huh? Exactly. And that's never worth it. It's not worth it to die. No. When you don't have to. We refuse to die. So, you know, next week we're going to take the, you know, the, the biggest step back of all and look at the big picture. Look at a workplace culture. Look at the kind of space we've actually created as a leader. And some of us have created safe, creative spaces where it's safe to take the initiative and fail repeatedly. And other of us... Others of us have inadvertently created space that is not safe and gets punished. And so people hide and resist and protect themselves. And we need to take a look at that. Well, and if this is what our culture values as leaders, is, it's, an, it's no wonder that we find ourselves in these sort of constricted roles. Exactly. And uh, what we're trying to do is just sort of break that mold and make us aware that there are other alternatives. Choose alternatives. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Gold Enterprises production.